0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, hello, Calvary Church. It is good to be with you today. And I've just been so looking forward for this, this time, this message. I believe God has a word for us, and I'm just looking forward to it. You know, we have been in a series of messages called How To. Pastor Chad's done a great job of leading us in some real practical teaching, how to. We've, we've looked at how to know what to do when you don't know what to do, and, and we've looked at, at uh, how not to be afraid. And, and last week, we, we looked at how to disagree. And these have been just really practical teachings that have been so helpful to us. And, and I'm just so looking forward to, to talking with you today about a how-to topic. You know, um, my wife Cindy and I, we own a couple of dogs. We own a Basset Hound that's named Emmy, and we own uh, a rescue that we we just picked up last year. His name, he's a Basset and a Beagle Mix, and his name's Buddy. Now, Buddy and Emmy, they are the greatest dogs. They love people. They just love to be around people, in fact, they love people so much that they want to jump on them they want to lick on them they want to put slobber on them and they love people so much they will eat their food for them and so sometimes when we have people come over to our house i have to figure out a way to get the dogs out of the house or these people are just going to be inundated with dogs and so What I do is I I get them outside and we have this sliding door that I open and I open that sliding door, those dogs go running out and then I shut the door behind them really quick. And so our guests come over and sometime during the evening, I will walk by that sliding door. When I walk by that sliding door, I look down and there's these two dogs and they're just looking up at me with these big, sad brown eyes and they're just saying, please let me in, please let me in, I wanna go in there, those people want to see me, don't you know that? I've got food to eat in there and, and they just want me to open that door. But you see, here's the thing, those dogs are on the outside looking in and there's no way those dogs can get inside the house because there's a barrier between the inside and the outside. Unless somebody opens that door, unless somebody comes along and slides that door open, they don't have any way to come in. You see, my dogs are stuck. They're stuck outside and they've got no way to come in. They're definitely on the outside looking in. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When I, when I said that story, you know how that feels. You've been on the outside looking in. Maybe it's not so much about dogs for you, it's about you. You feel like you're on the outside looking in. And sometimes we're just like those dogs. Maybe we go to a function, some event that we go to. We go to this event, but we just don't feel like we fit in. We just don't feel like we fit in, and so we look like outsiders. We feel like outsiders. Maybe it's at your job. You feel like, I I work with these people, but I don't know anything about them. They don't know about me. I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Or maybe it's even at a family gathering. Sometimes you can feel like an outsider even in a family gathering and feel like you don't belong. And some of you may even feel that way when you come to church. You feel like you're an outsider and you just don't know where you belong. We all know how it feels to be on the outside, looking in, and it just doesn't feel very good. Well, this week, we're going to take a look at how-to. Our how-to this week is how to get unstuck by reaching across relational boundaries. You see, we need to reach across relational boundaries sometimes. For us to get unstuck in our walk with the Lord. The Apostle Paul, he knew what this felt like. And he wrote a letter to one of his friends, Timothy. And he wrote to him about when he was outside looking in. Listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. He said this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You see, Paul reminded Timothy that at one time, Paul was outside looking in. He said, I was so far outside, I was the worst one. And, and Jesus Christ reached across this relational boundary that kept me from God and brought me into his family so that everyone would, would see that you could be even as bad as me and come into this relationship with God. God sent his son Jesus To reach across that relational boundary to you and I see here's the truth here's the truth relational boundaries have a way of becoming relational barriers relational boundaries have a way of becoming relational barriers that keep us from moving forward and these relational barriers keep us from growing in spiritual maturity it keeps us from growing in spiritual maturity and that's where we get stuck. You see, we're stuck because of these relational barriers. I wanna talk with you today about three circles of relationships that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about these three circles of relationships and this is gonna help us understand how you and I can get unstuck in our relationships how we can get unstuck by reaching across these relational boundaries, these barriers, and find this new walk with God. You see, I think that's the basic purpose for every person that believes in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we search for a purpose, and we're not sure what our purpose is, but in its very basic sense, everybody, every Christian Has a purpose to reach across these relational boundaries and help others come into the family. That's our basic purpose. God calls every one of us to be the people who reach across these relational boundaries and welcome others into His family. Now, the Bible has a word for that. The word for that the Bible uses is called making disciples. The Bible calls us to make disciples. In fact, Jesus, when he was on the earth, you know, he was crucified and he rose from the dead. And right before he ascended back to the Father in heaven, he said these words in Matthew 28:19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, we're called to make disciples, and that means reaching across these relational boundaries. So let's talk about these three circles of relationships that the Bible describes. Now I want you to picture, if you would, picture kind of three circles that are all centered on the same point. So we have a large circle, and a second circle, and then a very inner circle, these three circles of relationships. You might even think about it like as an archery target, if you can see that in your mind. These three circles describe relationships that the Bible helps us understand, which then helps us understand how we can reach across these boundaries and get unstuck. Let's talk about that outermost circle, That very biggest circle. Let's call that circle Others. That largest circle is what I'll call Others. Now this Others circle, this is the place where people are disconnected. Or maybe people in the Others circle of relationships are, are misplaced in their connections. This is a place where people sometimes get connected with the wrong things and sometimes even with the wrong people that lead them astray. This is a place of disconnection, dissatisfaction. These are the people who feel like outsiders. They feel on the inside like outsiders. These people may not know anything about Christianity or or what Jesus has done for them. They They may even be hostile towards Christianity toward a relationship with Jesus, but not always. Some people in that others circle have had a bad experience with church and they've been hurt by people. If we're really honest with ourselves, if you and I are really honest with ourselves, we've all been in that circle at some point. We've all been in that circle. Paul said he was in that circle. And the truth is maybe you feel like you're in that circle right now. And if that's the case, I've got good news for you tonight. So that's the outer circle, this others circle. If we move into the next circle, so we have others, and then we have this middle circle we'll call interested. The middle circle is called interested. Now this interested circle of relationship, this is where people are searching. They've seen something in you or some other Christian it's caused them to become interested what is it that's going on in your life somehow it's drawn them to know want to know what's going on it's drawn them to say something's different about you I need to know what that is maybe they've heard about something that's gone on in your life or some other Christians and it's piqued their interest they know they don't have that maybe maybe the Holy Spirit has just been tugging at their heart and they know they need something, they just don't know what it is. Or it could be that they're experiencing a very difficult time, a difficult season in their life, and they know that they don't have what it takes to get through this season. We've experienced a lot of difficult times, haven't we, over the last few months? There's a lot of people in this interested category right now. People in that interested category, a lot of times people move from the others category to the interested category because they've seen something in your life. And it usually is a relationship that causes people to move across those boundaries. So we have that outer circle that we call others and we have this middle circle that we call interested. And finally, we come to the inner circle. This inner circle is called family. So we have others interested in family. The family circle, that's a place where you find meaning and purpose, belonging, and love. That's where you want to be. The Bible describes this circle so well, it describes this circle as the people who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ who have given their hearts to him and they've become a member of God's family. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes the family circle. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, he says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, so you're not out there anymore, but fellow citizens with God's people and also, listen to this, members of his household. That's family language. And so he describes that circle as family. These are the people that are closest and the dearest to you. These are the people you would do anything for. And some of you know what that feels like to be in a family, the warmth and the belonging, the love that's in a family. But many people don't. So you might be saying, Chris, that's great. Why does any of that matter? So what if there's three circles of relationships? Well, you know, one time Cindy and I, my wife, we used to live on like the east side of Toledo. We lived well east of town. We had a a small house there that was, this was not too long after we got married really, and we had this small house that was kind of in the middle of these farmer fields, it was just in the middle of the farmer's fields. And, and one day, uh, it, it was a weekend day, we, we had to get up to go to a, a church function that morning. And, and for whatever reason, we had to be there at different times. And so Cindy had to be there first. And so we, we got up that morning, we looked outside and you could tell that there'd been an ice storm that evening. It was in the middle of the winter time and there'd been an ice storm. We're like, oh man, who wants to drive in ice? Well, at least Cindy got to go first. So we, we said, hey, be careful because out there, out there. if you've ever been out east of town, you know that some of those ditches along the sides of the road are like the Grand Canyon and you don't wanna fall into those ditches when you're driving. And so I said, man, Cindy, be careful. Don't, don't slide off into those ditches. Well, she, she got in the car, she took off. Well, part of the way there, she ended up spinning out Now, fortunately for her, she didn't end up in the Grand Canyon, but she did end up in a farmer's field. And the way it worked out is that the car just kind of sunk down in the mud because it was kind of one of those days, you know, sunk down in the mud. And here's the thing. The more she tried to get out under her own power, the more stuck she got. The more she tried under her own power, the more that car got buried. Until finally, we had to call a tow truck. And the tow truck set up on the road where it's nice and solid, hooked up to her car, and with the help of that tow truck, could pull her to a place of safety. And you know, the reason I share that story is that's exactly what God has called you and I to do. That's why these three circles are important. Because no matter what Cindy tried to do there, she was stuck. She could not get out of that predicament she was in without somebody in a place of safety reaching out to her and pulling her to safety. And that's what God's called you and I to do with people who are in that other circle or in that interested circle. We are, as God's people, in a place of, of safety, a place of love and warmth and belonging. And God has called you and I To reach across that boundary and help them come to that place of safety. God is calling you and I to be the ones to reach across those relational barriers that people find themselves stuck with and welcome people into the family of God. And sometimes, sometimes you feel stuck. You might be in the family of God, but you feel stuck. And here's what I want you to know, is sometimes when we respond to the call to help other people get unstuck and come into the family and we move them across those boundaries of others to interested to family, we find that we get unstuck at the same time, that God does a work in us just like he's doing a work in them and both of us become unstuck from where we are and we begin to grow Now, the Bible gives us just a lot of examples that we could look at to give us an idea of how we can help people to get unstuck and move across these barriers. We've only got time to look at really a couple, but I think they're really helpful for us to look at. The first one I want you to see is the example of Rahab. Rahab, you can find her story in the Old Testament book of Joshua, in chapter 2 and chapter 6. And I would encourage you to take some time and read those chapters. They're fascinating reading. Now, I'm going to recount a little bit of Israel's history. You might remember some of this. But if you remember, the nation of Israel at one point had to go down to Egypt because of a famine. And when they got down there, they began to become a big nation and the people of Egypt ended up enslaving them. And they were enslaved for 430 years. And then God raised up a leader by the name of Moses. And Moses led the people out of slavery into freedom. But unfortunately, the people rebelled against God after that. And they spent the next 40 years wandering in the desert. Well, then God raised up another leader by the name of Joshua. Joshua then Was charged by God with the task of leading this people into the land that God had promised them a long time ago. And as it turned out, the people's task was to move the people out that lived in that promised land and take possession of the land. As it turned out, the very first battle that they had to fight was in Jericho. Now, what happened was Joshua sent two of his friends, he sent two of his friends, we call them spies, he sent two spies into Jericho to take a look and see how that city was guarded. How was the best way to attack that city? Well, the city leaders found out about the spies. And so they came looking for the spies where they were staying. They were staying at a house of a a woman who had kind of a bad reputation. Her name was Rahab. Now Rahab could have turned the spies over to the leaders, but instead, Rahab chose to hide the spies and tell the leaders they had left. And Rahab talked to these spies after that and said, your God is God in heaven. And I want you to remember me because I have hidden you. I want you to remember me and my family when you come back because you will come back and, and you will take this city. And the spies agreed to do that. And then they went back to Joshua. So it happened just exactly like, like the Bible says. Now here's what I want you to see about that story. I would encourage you to read those chapters. It's a really fascinating reading. Here's what I want you to see. Rahab was one of the city inhabitants, but she was an outsider. And this lady had a bad reputation and she was outside the outside. The people in that city didn't really like her. She was an outsider. But you see in this story that she moved from that others circle, remember that big circle, the others circle, into interested and then she eventually moved into the family circle because she was open to hear what God wanted to say to her. But not only that, she moved into that family circle because the spies, those Joshua friends, they were willing to reach across that relational boundary and pull her in. Listen to the way Joshua chapter 6, verse 25 describes Rahab. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. Now listen to this part. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. You see, she became part of the family. Rahab and her family were as destined for destruction as everyone else in Jericho Until that moment, when they reached across the boundary and helped her come in, you might say that Rahab and her her family were stuck. They were stuck in a bad place that was about to get worse. And the people of God reached across the relational boundary and helped her find a place of belonging. But I want you to also see that those spies were in a bad place, they were stuck in a way. And when they reached across the boundary, not only did they help Rahab get unstuck, they got unstuck. And they were able to allow God to use them to forward his plans for that nation. You see, they got unstuck just like Rahab did. And my challenge to you is who does God have in your life that you need to speak to, that you need to reach out to? And help them get unstuck because you just might find that you get unstuck as well in your walk with God now some of you might be saying that's great but I'm already a Christian and I still feel like I'm stuck have you ever been there I think all of us probably have been there at some point sometimes you feel like you're stuck even if you are a Christian if we're really honest with ourselves so how do you get unstuck if you're already A Christian if you already trust in Jesus you know the Bible gives us a great story for that as well and in Acts chapter 9 the New Testament book of Acts chapter 9 there's a fellow by the name of Saul now you and I probably know Saul better as Paul the Apostle Paul Saul was his Jewish name and Saul was one mean dude before he got converted to Christianity this guy was a rough one You know, we read early on that that the Apostle Paul described himself as the worst of sinners. Well, I think he probably was about right. This guy hunted down Christians. He was convinced that it was his life mission to stamp out this upstart religion called Christianity. He thought it was wrong. He thought it was heretical. He thought it was wrong against God, and it was his mission to stamp it out. And so he persecuted the early church. And Christians rightly feared this man. Well, one day, this Saul decided to go to Damascus, another city called Damascus, to round up a bunch of these Christians and bring them back to prison. He was on his way to Damascus, and all of a sudden, this bright light shone around him. You can read about this in Acts chapter 9. This bright light showed around him and actually blinded him. And out of that bright light, Jesus spoke to him. And all of a sudden, Saul was confronted with his error. And he got saved. He got converted. He became a Christian. But now now what for Saul? Talk about being an outsider. Saul became an outsider that day but he was completely transformed he was a Christian but he was an outsider after his Damascus Road experience Saul was a Christian but from the perspective of every other Christian he was still an outsider but I want to show you how God used two people in this one chapter he used two people to help Saul find a new family and to find a new ministry And to give him that place of belonging the first person that that God used was a was a guy named Ananias this is what Luke writes for us in Acts chapter 9 verse 11 the Lord told him that's Ananias go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, if you and I were Ananias, I would be saying, that can't be God. There's no way God would send me to the guy that came to take me to prison. There's no way. This guy came for the very reason to take me to prison. Why would I go see this guy? Why would I offer myself to this guy? But the Lord told Ananias, go. I've got big plans for Saul that you don't even know about. And so here's what Ananias did. Ananias took a risk. Sometimes we have to take a risk. Ananias took a risk, and he reached across that relational boundary. I bet his hands were shaken when he did that. But here's what happened. Saul received his sight, and Saul began a new ministry that day. Saul became the the man we know as the Apostle Paul that day. He began a new ministry. Instead of looking for Christians to put in prison, he was looking for people who needed to become Christians. Well, later, the same guy, Saul, ends up going to Jerusalem. And he goes to Jerusalem. He finds the Christians there don't want anything to do with him either because you see they hadn't gotten the memo yet and so they still thought Saul was the same guy that was persecuting Christians here's what happened in Acts chapter 9 verse 26 when he came to Jerusalem that's Saul he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him not believing he was really a disciple you see they looked at his past and they were just living in in his past and some of you have known that where people look at you as you once were, not believing your life has been transformed, and you feel like you're on the outside. But if you keep reading Acts chapter 9, you'll find that God used a man by the name of Barnabas, and Barnabas came and he took a risk. You see this pattern? There's people taking a risk here. Barnabas takes a risk puts his reputation on the line and he he vouches for Saul and says, no, this guy is really a Christian. And he begins to get him connected with even the apostles that were still there. And, And Saul's ministry begins to take off. He begins to have new relationships and new ministry. You see, Barnabas, he took that risk and he reached across the relational boundaries, putting his own reputation on the line. So that Saul could find his new family and his new ministry. You know, I, I grew up in a, a small town in southern Illinois. In fact, the town that I grew up in, in southern Illinois, is actually smaller than Calvary Church. The people that come to Calvary Church, so it's a really small town. And at an early age, I was fortunate enough, I grew up in a home where where my parents loved the Lord. They took me to church. And so at a very early age, at Vacation Bible School, I came to know the Lord. I'm so blessed by that. Well, I grew up and I went to college. And after college, I got a, a job and I moved to Northwest Ohio, to the Toledo area. In February of 1983, I moved up here and I took a chemical engineering position at one of the local refineries here in town. Now, for a young guy, this was a big move. I moved from a small town where everybody knew me to a big town where nobody knew me. I was an outsider. I felt like an outsider. I felt like a very small fish in a big pond. And at some point, I decided I need to find a church. I need to find a place where I can belong. and I just didn't know where to go. So I tried to attend a few different churches and I finally found one that I really, really, really liked. And so I started to uh, attend there weekly. I I was regular, I was there all the time. But here's what was happening to me and I bet this happens to some of you as well. I was going to church, but I was just slipping in and I was slipping out. I was just slipping in, slipping out. I really wasn't connecting with anybody. I wasn't getting involved in anything. I was just coming and going. And you know, one day, not very long after I started, really, this, this older gentleman came up to me. And, um, and you'd, have to, you'd have to know this man. He's already gone to his reward in heaven. Uh, he's, he was a short, stocky guy, and he had this crew cut. And he had eyes that would kind of look through your soul if you know what I mean and uh, he said hey I've seen you come several weeks now and you're faithful I wonder if I, th- I would love to have you be a part of my small group that meets on Wednesdays and now this guy looked like a marine drill sergeant so I wasn't about to tell him no and so I said sure Earl I'll come to your group and, and I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. And so then when Wednesday came, I was like, I've got to go because Earl's going to look me up and he's going to, he, I've got to go, right? Earl's going to get me. So I went to that small group and, and that was transformational to me. That small group was the place where I found connection. That's where I found true adult relationships with Christians That's when God really began to show me how gifts of the spirit can work and how people pray for each other. It was in that small group that I found the real connections I was looking for. And not only that, but it was in that small group where God began to stir in me this call to pastoral ministry that I'm now fulfilling. And one other benefit I got from that It was in that small group, I met my future wife, Cindy. And so I got really blessed by that small group. Here's what I want you to see. Earl took a risk to reach across the relational boundary to this guy that didn't know what he was doing and invited me into his his family. And because of that, God began to do a special work in my life that's discipleship that's what God did in Rahab's life that's what God did in Saul's life he did it in my life and he wants to do it in your life my question for you is are you stuck today are you stuck do you feel like you're stuck maybe you're in that others circle that very outer circle and you just have never heard that God wants to have a relationship with you that he loves you he wants you to be in his family I'm here today to tell you that God's reaching out through his son Jesus Christ and he's reaching across that relational boundary and saying come in you see Jesus Christ he came and lived a sinless life he died on the cross he took your sins and my sins every mistake that we'll ever make And, and he was buried and he rose from the dead after three days and he did that so that we would have a surefire guarantee that what he said and what he did was true all you and I have to do is place our trust in him ask him to forgive us commit our lives to him that's simple and so I don't know if you're watching where you're watching this, whatever, wherever your screen is at whether it's in a home or it's in a hotel room, wherever it's at you know God is there with you right now He's there with you and I would just ask you, do you know Jesus? He loves you and I would ask you to pray this prayer with me Just bow your head right there and pray this prayer with me. Say these words. Father, I know that I've fallen short and I need your help to live the life that you want me to live. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Please come into my life. I commit my life to you and I ask you to save me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would invite you to go to our website, ToledoCalvary.org, and right on the main page, you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see there's a button that says Jesus. You click on that button, Who is Jesus? And that will take you to a page where you can read some more about this new faith that you have. You can fill out a form, and we would love to get to know more about you and help you in this new walk because you're part of our family now would encourage you to do that do it right after this service and maybe some of us are already Christians for those of us that already know Jesus this message is to challenge you and I to be the ones like Earl my friend Earl to reach across those relational boundaries to take a risk on that person that that God has brought into your life so that you can help them come into a relationship with him and find their place of ministry and family. I believe God's placed people in your life for that very reason. And so I want to pray with you today that God would give you the boldness to take the risk and to bring those people across your path. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you so much for the work that you have done in our hearts. And God, we ask that you would bring people into our lives that you want us to speak to, that you want us to reach out to, that you want us to help them come into the family. And I pray that you would give my friends the boldness to take the risk to make that contact. And God, I ask that you would put this on their heart and in their minds. In Jesus' name, amen. I would encourage you, Don't let another day go by. Make the call to that person that came to your mind. Set up a time. Meet them in a coffee shop. Ask them over and begin to share your life with them and watch how they get unstuck and how you get unstuck as well. Calvary Church, I am so glad that I was able to share this message with you. I'm so glad that you could be with us for this service. I would encourage you, don't forget about Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, we have a great conversation every Every week at 7 o'clock, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on YouTube, anywhere where you get your content. And we have a great conversation that dives deeper on topics just like this. So I would encourage you, 7 o'clock Tuesday, join us. We'd love to have you there. Calvary Church, thank you for joining us. We love you, and I pray that you have a great week. See you soon.